Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. I'm your host tonight, Nick Pollock, and I am joined not by one of my normal co-hosts, but instead by Ryan Snyder of On3, Blue White Illustrated on On3. Ryan, what's up, man? Not much, man. Good to be on. I think last time we did this was around signing day. Uh, first off, shout so, out yeah. to those Seattle Mariners. I know you're a big <laughs> Mariners guy, so uh, I, I like to stay up late night and watch them late night baseball myself. So I was always thinking of you watching uh, Julio Rodriguez tear it up this year. Oh, he's so much fun, man. Uh, he's he's <laughs> a blast. I, I I can't. I truly can't believe they have him locked up until he's dead. Basically, I love that <laughs> contract. <laughs> you should, as you should. Um. So. In case you don't know Ryan's work, I don't know how you couldn't, but you know, if <laughs> if you if you follow anything he's done, you know, over his entire writing career, I think you know by now that we're here to talk about recruiting. And that's something we haven't really mm-hmm. gotten a chance to talk about much here on Roar Lions Roar since we, you know, shifted over into full time podcast mode. So uh we're really thankful for you, Ryan, for being able to take some time out and, you know, update our update our listeners on what's going on in the world of Penn State recruiting. And I think the place that where we should start is the uh the twenty twenty three recruiting class. Um, mm-hmm. a really, really talented class. A lot of, a lot of dudes all over the place, you know, highly rated class. Um, so, you know, just what are your overall thoughts on, you know, on what James Franklin and his staff have put together in that group? I, I think it's a, a strong class. I, I give it like a B plus ish. Uh, you know, obviously like to me, if you're going to have an A, A plus kind of class, you kind of have to have a top five ish class. You got to have some five stars. They don't, they don't have that this year. But they're incredibly deep uh, with four-star talent. I mean, I know it's—I forget the number off the top of my head. I think it's like thirteen or fourteen, something like that. And you know, if you can, if you can consistently get fifteen or so four-star guys. I mean, you're you're talking about a class that uh, would stack up there with the very best. Obviously, last year's class was pretty much the very best, and then you have that 2018 class as well. But uh, it's 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 not as uh, top loaded with with the deny Dennis Suttons, the 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 Nick Singletons, and all those guys of the world, but uh, the 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 depth of talent, you know, like I said, fourteen or thirteen or so four star guys, that that's I think that ranks up there with pretty much the best of really any of them, you know, it's subtracting a couple of those four star guys, so it's a good class, a lot of depth. They got to keep it together, which they're doing a good job with. You know, obviously they lost to Mario and Parker, that was a big hit. Uh, but the Kari Nelson's stuck on board. Yeah, you got the 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 Florida. Uh, I almost said Florida Twins. I don't know why that said that. The Florida <laughs> defensive backs, of course, Conrad Hussey and King Mac. Uh, they were just up this past weekend for the whiteout, so that's a positive sign. You know, there's a lot of talented guys that schools want to poach, and here we are going into November, about six seven weeks out, haven't seen any guys popping up on other campuses or anything like that in recent weeks. So. Uh, it, it looks like Penn State should get this over the line. And if they can add a couple guys too, which we still expect them to do, it'll be right there at top 10. Pro- I still think it's going to finish a little bit outside the top 10, but it's going to be right there on the bubble. Since he mentioned his name, and I know that fans will want to know, do you see any scenario where you could see Parker jumping back on board? You know, I think it's unlikely because I think I think Clemson is... is, is I, I know Clemson is a school that he really wanted. Like, for example... You know, when he when he decommitted, he didn't have that Clemson offer. Mm-hmm. And you know, he decommitted for whatever reason it is. But I feel confident in saying that if Clemson would have offered and he was still committed, you still would have ran into some issues. Like that's how bad he wanted a Clemson offer. All signs seem to be pointing there right now. Uh, I I'd have to lean in that direction. I mean, all, all of my coworkers, I think, now have now have picks in for him to end up at Clemson. Uh, and, and really, I, I kind of thought it would be done by now, if, if, if mm-hmm. being honest. 
you know, maybe we'll keep an eye out for a Penn State visit, but it, it really just, I mean, Clemson and everybody else right now. I feel like I remember seeing on Twitter that he was at Clemson this past week. I think I saw. It, 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 I honestly, I'm trying to track down the 130 kids that were here this past weekend. So I'm probably, he may have been, uh, actually, I think it was, you know, I think you're right, Nick. Yeah. I think he took an official visit this past okay. weekend. I think that's what it is. So, um, yeah, you can ask me about, normally I can rattle that stuff off pretty easily and not, especially between whiteout and Ohio state week. Uh, I'm a little scattered right now. You hear, you heard it here first folks. I had something, you know, some recruiting news on tap job, quicker buddy. than Ryan did. Um, so, you know, thinking about this 2023 class then, Ryan, who is a name that Penn state fans should be looking out for as somebody who, you know, maybe is a little bit under the radar as opposed to like the top, top of the top blue chippers in the class. Like who's somebody who you could see, um, you know, either, either someone who's under the radar cause you think they could make a, make a quick impact or someone who you just mm-hmm. think has a really high ceiling long-term. Yeah, it's a good question. There's always a couple guys, and I'm always a coward, right? Like I, I can never just pick one. <laughs> I always, I, you know, when you have relationships with all these guys, you kind of, um, it's just hard to pick one. I'll leave it sure. at that. But so I think a lot of people are noticing Andrew Rappier right now, and and you should be. I mean, his film is as impressive as really any of the last couple tight ends that have come through this class, uh, come through this university. You know, going back to Fryermuth and Gesicki and. Obviously, they all have different things that made them special. But when you just look at the film and the play he's producing, Rappier has to stand out. But where I'm actually going with this is don't sleep on Joey Schlafler, too. Joey's putting together a really strong season. Uh, you know, he's making you know what's great about Joey is he just makes these high pointed catches like look so easy all the time. And as we've seen with the the fade routes to Parker Washington at times, you know that's that's something they're missing, right? Yeah. Um, so just I just I want to make sure people are are uh, not overlooking Joey too much too, because I went and watched him play the other week. Uh, Exeter's nine and zero; they're going to be in deep in the playoffs this year. I'm going to go see him another couple times, and really, I've seen Joey I don't know probably three or four or five times now. And just every game I go to, uh, you know, he's making special plays at special moments, right? So just just. He has a knack for that, and I and I think it's important that that uh, just fans don't sleep on him. You know, I'd also just have to an- mention Anthony Donko. You have Javen Williams, right? You have Birchmeyer. I mean, those guys are elite for a reason. They're they're guys that I don't think they can come in next year and make an impact, but they 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 really have the potential to be, uh, you know, guys that come in and, and make an impact early, whether it's in two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Donko's progression this year has really stood out to not really just even me, but but uh, Charles Power, you know, who who does scouting way better than I can ever do it. So I think that's something good to watch. Yeah, I went and watched Donko uh, against Birchmeyer a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he's always had that raw ability, but he's really starting to just put it together now. You know, he's really learning uh, to not just use his 6'5", 315 frame to push guys around and, and instead, you know, learn how to use leverage and, and beat guys in other ways. Uh, because, you know, obviously when you get to this next level, it's not just size that's going to do that. So uh, a lot of guys too. I mean, Dakari Nelson's having a heck of a year. He's I forget what his interception count up is to now, but it's like five or six. I mean, it's oh, wow. really making a lot of big plays. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of guys, but of course those guys are all four-star talented guys too. I mean, I could talk, I mean, Tony Rojas is probably having the most impressive season of anyone, but I think everybody knows that, that Tony, uh, you know, is, is a really highly talented guy. So my pick would be Schlafler and, and Donko, uh, but don't sleep on Jackson Smolik too. They, I went out, <laughs> one thing I'll say is I went out to see Smolik this year and I never go like that far for trips. Yeah. And of course the game I went to was like, I think they ran the ball like 50 times. Right? So that was, uh, <laughs> I was bummed about that one, but uh, you know, the, the stats he's putting together over recent weeks, 
uh, really impressive, you know, just making smart plays consistently. Right. And you know, I think everybody expects uh, Drew Aller to, to be the quarterback here in the next year or two. Uh, and, you know, obviously Smolik has, has still a lot of progression to do, but you know, whenever you're seeing guys make smart plays all the time, this was like with Bo Perbula too, who, uh, by the way, people are raving about inside Penn State's program. You know, just just guys who don't make make silly plays, make smart plays consistently. Um, you know, th- those are the kind of players you want as your quarterbacks. And, and Smolik's really uh, rose to the occasion, and he's going to take Dallin Catholic deep in the Iowa playoffs this year. Which, by the way, Iowa has some better players than I ever realized. I'm <laughs> Smolik being here, like or being committed to Penn State. I've never really looked into Iowa. Uh, you know, recruiting from perspective. There's some really talented players out there. Um, you know, I, I got to see that uh, when they played Ankeny earlier this year, and I've just researched it more. And uh, just, just there's some better talent out there than people think. It's all that, all that farm strength. That's what they got in spades. Yeah. <laughs> they got, they got plenty of that. But they got some playmakers too, man. I was, I mean, I, I'll, I'll spare the details and you know the stories, but just watching him play against Ankeny this year and the players on his team too. Um, it's just it's just an underrated state, or at least it's a, it's a growing state as far as talent. Uh, he's he's playing some quality players out there. Awesome, yeah. You know, I don't I don't miss living in Vir- Virginia. Was a perfectly fine place to live. I enjoyed my time there. Uh, but I'm very happy where I am now. But I am disappointed that uh, the school that I coached baseball in Virginia, uh, WT Woodson, is in Fairfax. It's so they would have mm-hmm. played Tony Rojas several times. So disappointed I couldn't get to see him live. But so be it. Um, so, Ryan, who are some guys that you think Penn State is still going after? I know you mentioned that they're going to look to add at least a couple more guys to fill out this 2023 class. Who are some names that we should be watching? Yeah, so when I look up and down you know, their, their scholarship charts and, and what to keep an eye on here moving forward, I think three positions stand out the most. With London Montgomery's injury, Added in the fact that Ford's transferred out. You got two young freshmen taking over. Who knows what will happen with Keith Von Lee long-term. Running back is now uh, an important position. And I, and I, if you follow me on the boards, like for the longest time, I was like, they don't need another running back. And it was so naive of me to not think that two freshmen are going to come in here and make an impact and it's going to shake up the whole room. So it was just <laughs> a, you know, looking back when I'm talking about that in July, I was like, oh, that was silly, Ryan. You should have known that was going to happen. Um, so anyway, uh, keep an eye on Christopher Johnson, uh, out of Dillard in Miami, Florida or Fort Lauderdale, excuse me, same thing, but uh four-star quality prospect. I, it's just all about getting him on campus for an official visit. Can Penn state get him here for an official visit? That's the goal. That's what the staff wants to do. Uh, but it's just not going to be easy. You know, Miami's considered a heavy favorite. You got some other schools like Ole Miss and, uh, even Utah, I think is in the mix there too. I think he took a visit to Utah earlier this year. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but he's, he's a guy that, uh, I know pretty much would, if Sider could get any running back right now, uh, he, he would be the one, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, another player to keep an eye on Uh junior college offensive lineman. I forget the school off the top of my head. I apologize. But one of those Kansas, uh, um, you know, junior colleges out there, I am expecting Blackstock to take an official visit to Penn State. So let's keep an eye on that. Of course, he's a junior college guy, so most likely it won't be until December. Maybe it goes a little – actually, I think he'll be an early enrollee, so it would have to be, I believe, in December. Uh, so so we'll keep an eye on that the first couple of weeks. Uh, I know Troutline went out to see him uh, during the bye week. Uh, a, lot, a lot of positive things there, uh, you know, from, from talking to people, and the relationship seems pretty strong. So keep an eye out. And then also uh, a couple others. Uh, Joseph Mapui is a, is a good quality defensive lineman from St. Thomas Moore. Uh, if, you, if you guys followed Nicholas Harbor, he was Nicholas Harbor's teammate last year. And really, Mapui 
came here to play basketball. He started playing football. And then everybody was tuning in to watch Harbor last year. And, and that's how uh, Joseph Cannon came on the scene. So mm-hmm. he's now at St. Thomas More, has about a dozen. St. Thomas More is a uh, private school in Connecticut. Uh, he has about a dozen quality scholarship offers right now. I think Auburn, Ole Miss, Virginia Tech, Penn State, they seem like the, the four schools to keep an eye on. Um, let's see what happens there. And then, of course, you just the, the thing I'll, I'll stress, though, to everybody is just that the coaching carousel is about to throw a nuke, a grenade into all of this. And who, who knows what's going to happen here in the coming weeks. So I really think that probably by the end of November, we're talking about some guys we're not talking about at all right now. Uh, Penn State does a good job at, you know, not poaching players, but finding players who are, you know, starting to look over the fence and trying to find someone else to, you know, with, with their coaches uh, in turmoil. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if they try and they try and poach or one or two guys. So I think so I think 23 is where the class makes the most sense. But if they get to 23 and there's some top guy out there that they have to have, no doubt they'll find room for 24. I think 25 is going to be a little bit hard in this class. But again, if there's quality guys, they're, they're not going to leave them uh, leave them out there. Gotcha. Uh, real quick, we're going to pay some bills here. Uh, if you have not already visited homefieldapparel.com, what are you doing? First of all, come on. They have amazing shirts, amazing crew necks, really amazing everything. Um, but you know, you've, you've listened to this podcast before you've heard it before, you know, that they have the most unique and comfortable and just well thought out designs in the game. You, you truly can't find anything like their quality anywhere. Wonderfully comfortable t-shirts, not like that hundred percent cotton stuff. You're going to get in downtown state college as much as we love McClan hands and family clothes on and all that <laughs> much better quality. Um, if you have never ordered from home field apparel before, you can use the code roar lions, roar, all caps, all one word at checkout for 15% off of your first order. It doesn't have to be Penn state stuff. You can get anything you've heard from Matt flip on the podcast. He's got shirts from about 15 different schools. I've got my Penn state stuff and my wazoo stuff. Uh, Ryan, do you have any home field stuff? I have a Hawaii shirt. It's awesome. Nice. Uh, like the old rainbow logo. I do love yes. it. I, 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 I need to get some more, but uh, I've rocked that Hawaii shirt for years now. Yeah, I, I am a big fan of getting Hawaii stuff from home field, especially because, you know, having been to Hawaii a couple times now, you know, the stuff that you can actually find like that they sell on their own is really not that great. So take advantage of home field where they actually have some like fun designs for them, but that goes for everyone. You know, we've talked about the Penn state stuff, really cool designs, stuff you'll find that they found like digging up in old yearbooks. Like you just won't find it anywhere else. So once again, use that code roar lines, roar, all caps, all one word at checkout, 15% off of your first order. They're great people, great people to work with. We're big home field fans here. All right, Ryan. So, you know, I think, one of the spectacles of the college football season every year is always the Penn State whiteout for, you know, tons of reasons. Usually a night game, cool environment, the obvious spectacle of the whiteout. But if you were paying attention, if you were in the stadium, you may have noticed James Franklin working his way down, you know, probably 20 minutes worth of handshakes down the sideline before the game. <laughs> yes. And that's because every single year when the whiteout happens, Penn State has basically the equivalent of a small army of recruits in town to check out the game. I would not be as foolish as to ask you to tell me something about every single kid that was in town, but let's just pick out, you know, the highlights. Like who are the names that you noticed in each of the groups that will go through? Like who are the names that you were either Mm -hmm. surprised to see make it in town or was, you know, was just pleased to see them follow through or, you know, anyone move or shake or stuff like that. So let's start with the 2023 group. Were there any notable names in town from that? Yeah. So, well, first off, what I would share too is, uh, this year was 130, a little over 130 total players. 52 of them are uncommitted and hold a Penn State scholarship offer. So when you add in, I don't know, I think it was around 
uh, 16 to 18 committed players. I mean, you're talking about 70 guys there wow. who have the opportunity to, to play at a school like Penn State. And then there's going to be guys there that are young too, like 2025, 2026 kids who are going to get a scholarship down the road. So realistically, you know, at 130 players, you know, probably a little over 80, maybe even as many as 90 of them are going to play Division One football somewhere. So that wow. that stacks up. I, I can't find, I haven't, I'm trying to, literally, I spent last week trying to find a school or a game. You know, I was looking at like the Iron Bowl, uh, the Michigan, Ohio State uh, list from pre previous years. I've been trying to find lists that stack up against this and I just haven't been able to do it. So, wow. um, you know, I, I don't know if, if I'm sure there's, there's, there's something out there, some other games I'm not thinking about that maybe have something like that, but 130 when you're talking to you know, 60, 70% of that 130 quality prospects, it, it really does stack up there with any recruiting list in the country. So I think fans, uh, I, I spent a lot of time working on that last week. So I want to get that out there, <laughs> put it that way. Um, so I, I guess what I would say as far as guys who showed up uh, in the 2023 class that stand out, really there was three of them, I think for the most part. Uh, I, I hit on Joseph Mapui already. Uh, like I said, I mean, he, he's going to be someone I think Penn State keeps a very close eye on down the stretch. The other two, KBI Keys, linebacker committed to North Carolina. He's out of uh, Verena in Virginia. And then you have Devin Hyatt, who's a quality wide receiver. His brother is Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee. If you watched that Alabama mm -hmm. game a couple weeks ago, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he's out of uh, South Carolina. He plays at IMG Academy now. So, you know, with KV on, Penn State was one and two down the stretch. A very important player for them uh, that, you know, he ends up going to North Carolina. But coming back now, you know, it's very clear that Penn State's still in the mix. I'd be lying if I said, you know, I really have a good feel for where Penn State's at now, four or five days after this visit. KVON just doesn't talk much. And, you know, everything I get from some sources is just, hey, we're in it. We're going to keep fighting here. Let's see how it, ha see how it works out. So you got six, seven weeks. Penn State would love to, to switch him. Uh, they don't really need a linebacker, but he's one of those kind of plus one guys where uh, just too talented not to take. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And then with Hyatt, I don't think anybody knows where Devin Hyatt is leaning. <laughs> I think people have been assuming for a long time it'd be Tennessee because of his brother, but he's just not a guy who really opens up much. And, uh, you know, there's not too many coaches at IMG that really open up to recruiting reporters and things like that. So uh, this one's kind of totally up in the air. You know, there's South Carolina's in the mix. I think like Kentucky and Auburn, a couple of other schools. But, but Hyatt feels like a guy that just nothing would really surprise me, I guess. Interesting. Um, so, you know, if you couldn't tell by what Ryan was saying there, the whiteout during like, so we're in the 2022 football season now, like this is not really the game for 2023 recruiting. It's really about 2024 recruiting and mm -hmm. all like when you consider the full scope of things. So, um, what's kind of the lowdown and well, we, <laughs> if you want to get the full scoop on all the things happening here and obviously I'll let Ryan plug his stuff at the end, but if you're not already, you know, active on on three blue w blue white illustrated over on on three please make sure you get over there and check out all the things that both ryan and sean fitz right um because that'll be the you know the best way to get all this information about these 2024 guys but ryan what are kind of the names to know from that class coming out of the white yeah out? so uh out of that out of those 52 uncommitted guys about like 40 or so we're from that 2024 class. I mean, this this event is for that 2024 class. This event leads to junior day visits, which leads to spring practice visits, which leads to commitments uh, or lash bashes and then commitments, whatever it may be. But the, this this sets the tone uh, for commitments and, and multiple visits down the road. I, I was looking at last year's lash bash list. Excuse me, hit my camera there. Uh, and I think 
I think it led to, I want to say it was eight or nine guys who visited oh, wow. last year and then ended up being part of this class at the time. So uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's going to have a big impact moving forward. Uh, a couple guys who grabbed my attention, Anthony Specka, linebacker out of Central Catholic. What's notable about Specka is I think Michigan and Penn State are the top two schools. Obviously, he was at, he was at the Michigan game two weeks ago with, against Penn State. Not a good performance, but getting him back, you know, so so quickly, spend time with the coaching staff. Uh, he even had a little talk with Franklin in an office before the game. You don't see that a lot. So uh, he's just an important prospect that Penn State really has to land. I think getting him back was big. You know, for the longest time, I have kind of felt Michigan's guy has a little bit of edge. Talked to him the other day. I feel like this is truly 50-50. So uh, I, was, I was wondering if that Michigan game uh, would – maybe hurt Penn state from that perspective, but really I, I think it, I don't want to say it helps, but he sees the need, you know, at, at the, along the defensive front and linebacker. Sure. Uh, so from that perspective, it's not, you know, not too bad, too bad of a thing. Speaking of defensive linemen, Ernest Willer uh, out of IMG Academy, Brian Robinson out of Austintown Fitch in Ohio, two quality four-star prospect guys. I mean, Willer's Willer's, I think one of the best defensive line prospects really in the country. I think uh, as, as he continues to grow and progress at IMG, uh, I think he's really just going to keep moving up in the rankings. He's originally from Baltimore too, so there's a good relationship there uh, from Penn State. He's visited a couple times over the years. Uh, Brian Robinson has offers from really anybody. Uh, I, I think Penn State should end up being like a top five or so school, uh, but he's got you know all these guys have a really long way to go, so I don't want to overthink it too too much. Uh, speaking of IMG, Ellis Robinson, another guy who's from the Northeast, now down in IMG. Uh, Ellis Robinson is a true five-star prospect. We have at number two in the nation right now at on three. Uh, he's number six in the on three consensus, which uh, if you don't know the consensus, it takes 24-7 ESPN on three and rivals, weighs them all equally. So 25, 25, 25, 25. And, uh, you know, it, that's that's how we get that. So it's truly like the industry average weighted out. Uh, so number six in that, number two at on three. I mean, he is one of the best players in the entire country, originally from New Haven, Connecticut. The issue is that Alabama and Georgia seem to be the front runners there. And uh, Penn State beats out those schools occasionally, but it's not often. So as of right now, you have to think it's going to be tough. But uh, he's very close with Terry Smith. I, I, I feel good in saying Penn State's going to probably be a top five school. And if he lasts that long, they could probably get an official visit. But again, when you're going against the nation's two best programs consistently, yeah. Not easy to do. And that's that's the negative of these Northeast guys going to IMG. We talk about this all the time on the message boards. It's it's good from a progression standpoint, right? I mean, you know these guys are going to get challenged. Um, but then you also know that all those SEC schools are gonna are gonna are gonna yeah. flock on them. So the vultures, uh, as it is. <laughs> so um anyway, Jordan Marshall's another quality running back out of Archbishop Moeller, another four-star guy. We have number 45 in the nation. Uh, Moeller has, or excuse me, Marshall has offers from just about anybody. This was his first visit. He's a guy I still need to catch up with still. Uh, but the fact that Penn State just offered him, I think a little less than a month ago, and then he comes out immediately for a visit, positive sign there moving forward. Especially because if they can't get a running back in 2023, uh, they're going to they're gonna need at least two probably next year. So uh, they, there's there's a deep pool of running backs next year, uh, but he he's probably the top guy um you know, as far as skill and, and all that right now, at least in my eyes. Uh, just a couple others, too. Chris Jones is a quality run, uh, linebacker out of Virginia. I think fans need to know. Kenny Sanders is his cousin. Uh, Kenny's the director of player personnel at Penn State. Luke Cromenhoek, too. Uh, quality quarterback, currently committed to Florida State. James Franklin went and watched him 
uh, during the bye week, uh, play a game in Georgia. So uh, he's a three-star guy right now, but somebody that's consistently moving up, I could see him as a four-star here soon. So a lot of guys, though, man, I can go all day. There's a big <laughs> contingent from Philadelphia. Tysier Denmark, he's going to end up committing here next month. We'll see how that shakes out. Emilio Agard's a, a top uh, – you know, a four-star guy from St. Joseph's Prep, a cornerback prospect that everybody's always asking about. So, I mean, this list was ridiculous, man. I, I, again, I didn't even mention Sam Piloff, a really good linebacker out of Wisconsin. Sam Williams-Dixon, another really good running back. There's a the Devontae and uh, Deontay Armstrong from from St. Edward. So, uh, I mean, I could, I think we could just do a podcast on this list. <laughs> to be well, to save you from doing that, we can move on then. Would there <laughs> be any names that Penn State fans should know? Obviously, really far away at this point, but anyone younger than that, like 25, 26, like any any names oh, yeah. that we should look out for? Yeah, so there were a dozen guys at the at the whiteout game um, for 2025 who hold an offer. Uh, a couple, Anthony Saka, if you, uh, Tony Saka, of course. I think most Penn State fans know who that is. That's his son, Anthony. Uh, he's a sophomore at St. Joseph's Prep. Listed as a linebacker, playing safety. He's he's a pretty big player. Uh, so just really curious to see, you know, how Anthony grows and progress. I think right now we have him at just under 6'3", 215, and he's a sophomore. So, wow. just, you know, he's playing safety, right? And he wants to keep playing safety. But, uh, you know, those numbers say he's going to probably grow into a linebacker. So that'll be curious. Uh, a couple other guys, too. Brennan Johnson's a good linebacker out of Highland Springs. That was there. Brett Clatterball came up in the in the summer and had a very good workout with the staff. He holds an offer. Uh, they offer Cutter Bowley. I don't really know a lot about Cutter, but he's a good good quarterback prospect out of Kentucky. Uh, he was, I think, the one guy who left State College with an offer this weekend. He's ranked, I think, 46th in the nation uh, in the on-three consensus ranking. So, uh, you know, a lot of other guys too, man. Ryan Montgomery is one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the country. Problem is his brother Luke's committed to Ohio State, so we'll see how that plays out. I think Lazier Brooks, running back out of Millville, New, New Jersey, who was also up, uh, is he's not rated yet by on-three, but I, I think – People are going to learn how good he is here in the coming weeks and months. Uh, at one point, there was talk about him wanting to commit to Georgia really early. He didn't do that, but uh, I could see him being a top 100 guy. So, yeah, like I said, about a dozen or so 2025 guys. I didn't mention Deshaun Burnett. He's a really good linebacker out of Pittsburgh. Jeff Exenor is uh, – he's not the next denied Dennis Sutton, but he's the next top prospect to come out of McDonough. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, McDonough has been a pipeline for for Penn State. So, like I said, about a dozen or so 2025 guys there were in attendance with a scholarship offer. And I, I would be remiss to to not mention the two freshman guys that I really like already. Masai Mickens, he plays at Trinity in Camp Hill, which is where I'm at now. Uh, coached by Jordan Hill, by the way. Oh, and then I Marquez. Yeah, Jordan Hill is the head coach at That's Trinity awesome. now here in Camp Hill. I went and watched them play Steel High the other night. It was an awesome game. They lost in overtime, but it was. It was, it was really fun to watch Masai Mickens for the first time. He's going to be – he holds a Texas A&M offer, which, you know, as a freshman, I don't know what a Texas A&M offer <laughs> means at this point, obviously. <laughs> I mean, and that's not to, – to, I put my mic there. That's not just to Masai. Like, that's for all freshmen, right? Like, what is an offer at this yeah. stage? But uh, but clearly, uh, Elijah Robinson, who has a relationship with Jordan, I'm not sure if that's you know part of it or whatnot, but uh, early offer there for Masai. And then Marquez Wimberly, too. I just want to mention him out of Parkland. Um, you know, home of Austin Scott from back in the day, a really good running back prospect. He went out to Eugene, Oregon uh, in the summertime and was in those like junior Nike national uh, track and field. And I think he won the long jump or something like that. But my point is he's a, he's a really good athlete uh, still like 14 or so. But I think in, in two or three years, we're going to be talking about Messiah Mickens and Marquez Wimberly a lot. 
So I think one of the questions that, you know, the casual recruiting follower on Twitter will always ask coming out of the white weekend. Let me guess. Who's going to commit? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, or you'll hear him say like, well, why didn't anyone commit this weekend? I think the obvious answer one is that, you know, one, the Penn state coaching staff, like their main priority during that weekend is the game. Right. Right. And then you have the fact that all these kids are in the middle of their high school seasons. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why commitments don't happen during the whiteout. Mm-hmm. But is there anybody that you feel in any class that you feel maybe was, you know, nudged closer to that point by the mm-hmm. whiteout? Yeah. So one thing I'd say is I think Lamont Payne is the only player to commit like mm. whiteout day. And that was like set up ahead of time, you know, like right. they were like, okay, Thursday, you're going to come out here. We're going to make a thing out of it. I mean, they do that all the time. So uh, I think that's the only commitment that's ever happened like at least since I've been covering it over the last 12 years or so. So, uh, so the, the guys who grabbed my attention, who were here this past weekend, two of them, Kevin Haywood, offensive lineman out of Archbishop Wood, Sean and I both have, uh, we call them RPM picks, crystal ball, same thing as 24 seven. We have picks in for him already. Uh, I feel like Haywood, well, I feel like Haywood's going to end up at Penn State regardless. I mean, coming, coming, uh, I think his sister's already here or, or about to be here. Um, you know, just kind of grew up a Penn State fan, things like that. I mean, everything is pointing in that direction. He just earned a four-star rating, by the way, number 183 in the nation. So uh, a lot a lot to like there. And oh, by the way, he's 6'7", 280. So no one can argue whether he's a tackle or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so from that perspective, I think he's in a good position. And then the guy who, if there's someone who's going to commit soon, I'm starting to think it might be Jalen Harvey, uh, Quince Orchard, uh, high school, 2024 defensive end, another four-star guy. We have him at 254 in the on-three consensus. I think he's 264 in on-three, so uh, pretty similar ratings there. But uh, was up for Northwestern, came up last weekend for Minnesota, and oh, guess what? He's coming back this weekend for Ohio State. So you got back-to-back-to-back visits there. Everybody I talked to says he's in no rush or anything, but like It'll probably be a story I have written Saturday morning, you know, just in case something happens yeah. there. So keep an eye on, <clears throat> man, excuse me, so keep an eye on Jalen Harvey. And then one other guy who we have, Sean and I have picks him for, Dominic Nichols out of Oakdale uh, High School in, um, I think it's like Fredericks, Frederickville or Frederickburg, Maryland. So one of those towns. Uh, another four-star guy. Dominic wasn't able to make it up this past weekend. I think he got like a concussion or, or something like that in, in his game. So he wasn't able, he was supposed to be here, didn't make it up, but uh, all signs really kind of point to Penn State here. I feel like early 2023, maybe even later this year, it would make the most sense. So uh, keep an eye on him to, to help get that 2024 class going. So Jalen Harvey, four-star defensive end out of uh, Quince Orchard. Kevin Haywood, uh, four-star offensive lineman out of Archbishop Wood. Dominic Nichols, four-star defensive end out of Oakdale in Maryland. Those are the three that I think, hopefully by the next time we're doing this podcast together, uh, th- those guys will end up being committed. Awesome. So, Ryan, before we get you out of here then so you can continue your never-ending quest to track down info, um, curious just to pull to this year's team a little bit and look at that freshman class. We, you know, we talked about how highly that class was rated, that 2022 mm-hmm. class. Um, biggest surprise to you so far from the freshman, from the current true freshman from that 2022 class? Like, whether biggest surprise because they're not playing or how much they're playing or how yeah. well they're playing. Um, you know, Omari Evans stands out just because, I mean, I, I thought Omari was a good player 
it just the way he was, he was kind of, I don't want to say out of late, but just kind of, you know, had a good season, kind of wasn't a guy we were following for a long time, right? So he wasn't a guy that I had a lot of info on. Uh, got to know him a little bit towards the end there. Uh, but I, I just, I don't, you know, compared to a Deny or an Aller or Singleton who we watched and saw for, for years and every day, uh, you know, just seeing just seeing how much of a good take that was or a good find that was that that kind of stands out to me because you know I think if you if you had to pick guys you, you know we would have been picking like Caden Saunders who's who's doing well by the way I don't want to like th- people think Caden Saunders isn't living up to expectations because he is but um, just just a little bit of a surprise I guess you would say I have to go the Vega Ioni who's out from your way out there in Washington uh, we got to see him this past weekend make some make some nice blocks in that Minnesota game. Uh, you know, I, I think Drew Shelton has the highest potential, but Vega, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. I mean, those two both look like, man, they, they are going to be serious impact guys. And I, I'd be remiss. That, to that dude Drew. could not be from the more middle of nowhere, too. I oh, really? truly, I truly don't understand how he got on their radar. I really don't. Aside, I mean, yeah. I, I know Stubblefield's Washington guy, but still. Right. I'm. I, I'd be lying if I said I knew a whole lot either. You know, it was one of those like what, like two, two, three weeks comes out yeah. for a visit. I mean, he visited like I think a week before signing day. Uh, you know, I think it was Washington. There was one other school in the mix, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just like a boom, boom, boom. And you know, it's just like give credit to obviously Stubblefield who you know keeps an eye on that area. Give credit to Troutwine as well for for this find and Troutwine. I mean, I, I think Troutwine flew all the way out there for an in home visit, like. For just like a two-hour in-home visit, and then flew all the way back. Like I, I think it was from Atlanta too. So you're talking oh, wow. like total polar opposites yeah. there, uh, you know. And that and that and that, that in-home is what got the official, which is what got his commitment too. So uh, you know, I these coaches work incredibly hard, right? And just seeing like literally someone fly across the entire country to do a two-hour visit and then fly all the way home, all within the same day. It's like what nine hours crazy. flying. It's crazy. Uh, you know, but but it got them a hell of a player uh, from what things look like. So Vegas stands out. I think Drew Drew Shelton. We knew Drew Shelton was good, but just the weight he put on when he got here was like, oh, because he was an early enrollee, mm-hmm. has been like really impressive. I remember Sean and I were out at the seven on seven this past year, and Drew was out there helping with that camp. And you know, he look, I don't want to say he looked like a different player, but like just the amount of uh, how physically well he developed in just like a handful of months. I don't know, four, five, six months. Uh, was really standing out, and he's getting a lot of a lot of really good reviews too. So I think everybody knows about Aller's potential. I think everybody knows about Nick Singleton's potential, Denise's potential, and even Drew to some degree too. We've talked about him a lot, but uh, you know certainly Vega Vega stands out a lot to me, and Omari Evans and his progression uh, I think is a really positive sign. Awesome. So Ryan, just going to give you a little moment to riff here, and you know tell everyone what's the best way to find you, Twitter handle, all that good stuff. Yeah, I put my Twitter handle on the on the screen. I learned oh, yeah, T Frank taught me that to do that. So <laughs> Ryan Snyder at on three, uh, the follow us on Twitter. Appreciate you guys. Uh, and and really, you know, Sean, you guys, I'm sure many of you guys have followed Sean over the years. Sean and I have been competitors for the longest time, but we've also been very good friends behind the scenes. And uh, you know, the opportunity to work together has been something that we want to do for a long time. And you know, we're we're very fortunate that Shannon Terry provide us that opportunity. Uh, you know, here, here at on three. So of course, Nate Bowers with me, Greg Pickle is one of my, you know, I've worked with Nate my whole career, really good friend. And, you know, Greg Pickle was somebody too, who I've been very close friends with for really my whole professional career and to get him over. And then of course, T Frank's doing all of our, all of our YouTube stuff. I mean, our YouTube page has grown like eight times what it was like over a year and a half ago. So, you know, I think we have a hell of a team and really we're just getting started. So really excited about it, Nick. 
appreciate you having me on and, and, you know, to, to preach and get things out there and, uh, sign days, what seven weeks away. So I figured we'll, we'll probably catch up then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's a pleasure having you love catching up. Um, I know for the first I think the first time I was in the press box, I think is when I first met you, but yeah, we've, I don't know, yeah. we've, we've had a you know relationship for a while. You've been very helpful for me in my career. Always appreciated. Um, of course. Yeah, you've been a great friend, and it's awesome having you on the podcast because very, very, very few people in the world are as knowledgeable about recruiting as, <laughs> as opposed to I've you. I've done it so. long enough. Yeah. I've been chasing around uh, 16-year-olds for 13 years now. I think I should have it figured out. <laughs> the, most the most enviable job in the world, Ryan Snyder. Uh, but yep. once again, big thanks for coming on. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, or wherever else, make sure you're subscribed and hit the alert bell on the YouTube page as well. And leave us a five-star review. If you can much appreciated for myself, Nick Pollock, for my guest tonight, Ryan Snyder. Thanks for listening. Go state.